Welcome to the Here to Evolve podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Alessandra. And in this podcast, we take topics from both health and fitness, as well as the business side of things. We run two businesses, SD Evolution and Fit Coach Pro, and have a pretty unique perspective because we've had a lot of success, but we are not quite at the top of the food chain yet. Our mission is to help break down these topics so you can learn in an easy to digest manner and apply them into your daily life. In today's episode, we are going to tackle some common hurdles that you experience when starting your health and fitness journey specific to habits and you know typical speed bumps as you dive into something new so let's break down some questions well first happy new year happy new year happy new year to all of you listening we just want to say we're so grateful that you are here that you are listening that you have listened whether this is your first episode or you've been an og listener for the years that we've been doing this it's really been something that's super fun for us and we're excited to keep giving you all the goods in 2024 um, but this podcast was really inspired by somebody who recently asked me a question on a Q&A and they said, you know, how do I start when it comes to exercise and nutrition? It doesn't feel fun. It doesn't feel exciting. How how do I begin when it doesn't feel like that? It doesn't feel exciting for me. And I think the first thing that I want to sort of tackle here, and I think it's important, is figuring out and sitting down to figure out what does feel fun for you, what does feel exciting for you. When it comes to starting new habits or when it comes to starting anything new as far as goals or resolutions, we do want to have some sort of excitement, whether it's excitement for the actual thing or excitement for the end result it's going to give us. And I think you you do have to figure out what does fit that mold for you. Um, there are so many different types of training and fitness and different things that we can do to implement exercise into our daily life. So I think it's first and foremost important to figure out how you can start there because when you start and start with something, you then can build that momentum and that momentum builds over time. And then, you know, even if you start with just a walk every day right now, you're not doing anything Maybe you start with that walk and it builds momentum after a few weeks and then you are ready to start strength training or start an actual program. So what you're doing now and what you're starting with now doesn't have to be forever, but it's important to simply just start. And we also have to mention that not all of us are freaks who just enjoy, I said that wrong the first time too, enjoy pushing our bodies to that next level and getting really uncomfortable and especially getting started. It's It can be very uncomfortable. So for those in that situation and you know for some who have been doing this for a while and still just aren't finding that love and that passion for it you need to make sure that what you're doing is specifically applicable to different areas of your life so i am doing this because it helps with x y or z if you enjoy hiking if you enjoy you know whatever sport whatever activity does this add value to that thing am i training for a specific thing now us personally and a lot of the listeners here love everything about health and fitness. So they love pushing themselves. They love the training aspect, just getting into the gym and moving weights. And it's it's our zen. For a lot of people though, those who need to do, do this, you know, specifically for health reasons and their doctor told them they had to, things are going down a path they don't want it to go down. It's a necessity. So it doesn't come off as fun, but you need to figure out what can I connect this to? When I do this, what is the benefit? And kind of build the streak. Take baby steps. If I go into the gym for 10 minutes, if I go for a 10-minute walk like you mentioned before, little baby steps that you can incrementally grow over time. So even if this isn't fun and exciting now, if you can attribute a specific task to a specific end result, at least there is more of a drive and a determination associated with it that will keep you going until... Hopefully, this becomes fun for you down the road. 
And I think it's important to note too, when it comes to any new habit, I think James Clear talks about this in Atomic Habits, it's often that our bad habits stick because they typically give us some sort of instant gratification, right? So if you think of like drinking alcohol, a lot of people who drink alcohol know it's not something that is good for them, but they do it because it gives them that feeling of being drunk or that instant feeling of having a confidence boost or they feel like they're more outgoing. Um, That's just one example. There's obviously so many different types of bad habits out there, but more often than not, our bad habits give us that feedback loop immediately, whereas something like starting to work out or going to the gym or starting to eat healthier. We don't really see any instant gratification from that. You're not going to the gym one time and you have an entire entirely new physique after one session or one week or even one month. Um, so it's harder to stick to those good habits because we're not getting that instant gratification. So also understand that aspect too, that a lot of these Things that you want to do this year, whether it be exercise or starting any type of diet or if you have fat loss goals, you're not going to have that instant gratification from them in the terms of you're going to get to your end result really fast. But there are definitely other things that you can focus on that you will see results from immediately. So going to the gym you know, you're, you might not see any difference in your body, but you're probably going to feel a little, a little bit better after that first workout. So Make sure you're recognizing those small things too that may not be your ultimate end goal, but still ultimately add a lot of value to your life. All right, the other struggle that a lot of people seem to have with is with eating protein, eating enough protein. It continues to be a big struggle for a lot of humans. We've talked about this countless times in many episodes. Um, but let's kind of just recap some easy ways for people to eat more protein. Um, I think I'll start by saying a lot of people tend to jump into the protein supplement or they're looking for a protein snack or a protein bar, which is fine. That's going to help you get to your protein goals, but that's not typically our first, uh, area that we suggest you focus on here. As with anything else, the first recommendation we throw out is obviously whole foods. So lean, grass-fed beef, chicken, whole eggs. There's plenty of good stuff in the yolks. Cholesterol is not bad. That was that was a decade ago. Um, just looking for those things that are that are nutrient-packed along with you know carrying the protein substance. Um, supplements are there. They're beneficial, obviously, to help us get over that hump. But we don't want to build the day around the protein supplement. We want to build the day around the options from whole foods and then use supplements as an actual supplement to your diet. Um, so just, you know, focusing on portion sizes and figuring out what you enjoy, what can you get down larger portion sizes of, whether it's fish, different types of fish, whether it is chicken. I'm someone who doesn't particularly love chicken breast, um, but making it certain ways, I could eat, you know, a pound of it at a time. I don't actually do that, but I really enjoy certain ways over other ways. You know, just, uh, I can't do the, the garlic, salt, pepper, and just grilled on on uh, just a basic plate of rice or whatever. I just, I don't know, it's too dry for me. I don't love it. But if I throw a little bit of breading on there, if I make it into, you know, healthy, quote unquote, buffalo chicken tenders, I could literally eat the entire package. So little things like that. And then obviously, you know, scaling it back a bit further, doing something seasoned on, along with peppers, onions, some olive oil, throw that on some rice, and then I'm golden. Then it kind of takes care of that dryness for me. Um, I love red meat in all in all forms, whether it's steak or burgers or bison or whatever, however making it. 
that I can do a thousand different ways. But figuring out what you enjoy, what you feel best doing, what you're not, you know, feeling really heavy afterwards consuming. Um, so for those of you just starting out, play around with it. Try a little bit of these different things over the next two or three weeks. Figure out what your body can can take and you feel best doing and build on those things. And then add in the supplement, the shake, the bar once a day. Not a supplement, shake and a bar. The shake or the bar once a day is kind of a meal replacement and an easy filler that's not going to be too heavy on your stomach. Something that we do when we're thinking about what we're going to eat for any meal is we really have a protein forward mindset. So when we're thinking about breakfast, lunch or dinner or snacks, the first thing I'm thinking about is, okay, what can I eat right now that is a source of protein? And then I build the rest of my meal around that. So I think really the big struggle a lot of people have here is that they're often doing a lot of snacking throughout the day where they're eating, you know, foods that are higher in carbs, um, higher in fats. And then, you know, an hour or maybe an hour and a half goes by and they're hungry again. They have another snack and it's like you get through the whole day and you realize you had maybe 20 to 30 grams of protein. So if you can think about what you're going to eat for each meal and base that meal around your protein source, um, that's probably the best piece of advice I have for you. And then just making sure that that protein source, you're having a big enough serving of it. Because if you're having two ounces of chicken, yeah, that's not going to be super high protein. So make sure you're eating enough of it. And if you're somebody who struggles and you are thinking in your head right now, oh, I cannot eat four ounces of chicken breast that I would get too full, your body will adapt. Um, your body's probably used to under eating right now if you're thinking that. So give it some time to adapt, slowly work up, but you do have to prioritize that protein source first when it comes to each of your meals. There's also some tools and apps now. Um, we currently use macros first and you can actually build out each meal, the macros for each meal in the app. So as you're filling that meal in, Rather than seeing your daily total and how far off you are from your daily total, you can see your per meal total. So did I hit my protein target? Did I hit my carb target? Did I hit my fat target? Did I hit my calorie target? And that'll tell you on an individual basis so you don't go through the entire day and then look back and say, oh crap, I came up 40 grams short on protein and I'm over by 30 or 40 carbs and you know 15 grams of fat. Breaking it down on a more granular level to make sure you're hitting each checkpoint is very, very helpful. Um, and again, that's the Macros First app that we are currently using. Um, and I'm not sure what some of the others are doing at this point, but I know a lot of them are building in similar tools. Yeah. And, you know, we'll talk about macros here in a second. But when it comes to tracking macros, one of the best things you can do is pre-track your food. If you're somebody who's kind of tracking as you go or maybe you ate something and then you track it after, you're setting yourself up for failure in a way if you're not somebody who is educated on macros and has that or has put that time in. So with all of our clients, not all of them, but most of them do track macros, but we want to get them to a place where they eventually don't have to track. Josh and I have gone, have been on and off tracking for what, almost a decade now. Um, and more recently we're, we're not tracking. Um, but when we do have specific goals, we are tracking. So I think, you know, Tracking macros is not something to shy away from. Right now, it's kind of popular for people to be like, oh, tracking macros is obsessive. It makes me crazy. It's all about how you approach it. So if you're approaching tracking macros with the mindset of, oh, I have to hit my protein, carbs, and fat down to the gram every day or I'm failing my diet, like that you're approaching it with a fad diet mindset. That is not how we do it with our clients. Um, you know, you want to have that flexibility. It's called flexible dieting for a reason. 
So, you know, you need to implement days where you're mindfully eating, but still keeping in mind, you know, what your meals are consisting of as far as protein, carbs, fats, and fiber, because that's what makes us feel good. That adds value to our lives. So when it comes to macros, yes, it can be overwhelming. It can become obsessive for some, but it's more often than not how they approach it in their mindset rather than just macros being obsessive point and blank. If you're someone who thinks all oh, tracking, tracking macros is obsessive, you need to kind of look back like you just kind of mentioned and figure out why am I tracking for what purpose and how long am I going to do this? Because if you have a specific goal and you have not been able to hit that goal eating intuitively, it's because you have no idea where those numbers are falling. And without the data, you can't adjust anything to make sure that you are in that place without, you know, throwing up additional calories just by portion sizes, by eyes. And you think, oh, I increased my calories. Oh, I decreased my calories. If you track for a certain period of time, you have that ingrained in your mind. You have a much more accurate measure when you are just using your eyes and you can just visualize those portion sizes. So as you hit your stride, you want to take a step back, whether it's for a brief period or a longer term break from tracking, and you now have an accurate baseline to work from um, just by going through your normal flow of meals. So you can use it as a short term tool. You can use it as a longer term tool if you have you know, a, a bigger goal that you need to hit and you need to stay more accurate on and, you know, focus on identifying timelines within each process, within each phase. So, you know, if you feel that it is obsessive, focus on it for a shorter term, give it a week, give it two weeks, really allow yourself to establish that baseline, become more ingrained with, okay, this portion size looks like this. These are my typical meals. Here's how they typically look. Then you can scale it back. So use it intermittently if you need to, just as a checkpoint. Uh, but it should never feel overwhelming. You don't have to worry about weighing everything for the rest of your life. It's just using certain tools at certain periods of time for certain goals. You should be mindful when you're tracking macros. Don't Correct. just track for the sake of tracking. All right, last little struggle here. Oh, keeping this episode short and sweet. Um, I struggle with eating bad food, how to overcome that. So something we have kind of touched on many times um, is, you know, we don't really label foods as good or bad. Are there foods that are more nutrient dense than other foods? Yes. But if you're labeling foods as bad foods and you're telling yourself that you cannot have them, what is your brain going to want to do is have those foods. So step one is to understand that you don't need to call foods good or bad. There's no moral. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know, but you know, you don't have to put an emotion on your food like that. Understand that certain foods are going to make you feel better and certain foods may not make you feel that great, but you do love to eat them, you know, every so often or in moderation. So don't label them. Understand what foods make you feel good. Understand nutrition as a whole. Tracking macros can be a great tool to help with that, but don't restrict foods just because they are a bad food. I will also say that 95% of the population has no idea what moderation means. True. Uh, we've touched on this before. A small bowl of ice cream every night is not moderation. Um, it's not something that you need to be doing every single day. So we don't, we try not to, what's the right way to put this? We don't want to create an emotional attachment or this mountain for our son and for our daughter as far as, oh, we're going to avoid sugar. We're going to avoid these, these things, these quote unquote bad things. We don't do that. What we do is teach them all the good things that we're eating and why we're eating those things. And those are the main staples. And then if it's a night where we, you know, Kai had dessert last night and he wants another bowl of ice cream or, a, you know, a bar, whatever, 
we tell them, hey, you know, we just had this, we got to make sure that our tummies feel good. So we're eating whole foods or prioritizing the right things. You know, we'll save these for more special occasions. If we're doing a movie night, if we're doing something, you know, that we can call a special occasion or just a regular night that we call a special occasion. So he doesn't have this association that ice cream is bad, that this is bad, that that is bad. I can't have this or that. We're teaching him we have these things once in a while. And the same thing goes for these grown adults who aren't quite sure what moderation means. Moderation is on the occasion. Maybe it's once or twice a week you're having a regular serving size of ice cream, not this tiny little bowl or the tiny little bar of whatever. We don't have to satisfy that sweet tooth every single night with processed foods, with things that are loaded with added sugar. Your palate changes over time. So when you are doing those things on a regular basis, when you're having those things on a nightly basis, you're going to crave those things on a nightly basis. And sometimes okay. it's also just a habit. Sometimes you it's just get habit, in the habit of, oh, I finished dinner. I'm going to have something sweet. Mm-hmm. I need something sweet. Even if you don't like, even if you don't necessarily want it, like if you sat down and mindfully asked yourself, do I actually want this? Am I truly hungry for this? You would probably see that most of the time you aren't. It's just become a habit of something that you do at this time of day. And that's not to say you can't have something sweet, but what I was jumping into is your palate changes over time. So if you focus on building meals that are cons- that are primarily whole foods and you make them in a delicious way, you have fun with your family experimenting and playing with different recipes, first of all, you start to crave those things. You stop craving the highly processed things. But if you're still looking for that sweet something at the end of the day, you know, after dinner, smaller portion size of whatever, we have gone to you know dark chocolates, melting that over some fruit, throwing some nuts on top of that. There was this crazy mango thing we did with melted dark chocolate and white chocolate. And it's like mangoes, nuts, I think pistachios. And they taste good. They taste awesome. Or you can just have fruit, fruit in general. Or you can have frozen fruit, which kind of becomes like that ice cream treat. Frozen bananas, frozen berries, they're awesome. And your body craves those things and it satisfies that sweet tooth. But all this to say, moderation and reaching for those things on a daily basis is not actually moderation. So retrain yourself, focus on making whole foods fun and taste delicious. Um, and you're going to feel the difference, obviously, in your gut and your overall well-being, vitality throughout each day. Uh, it just it takes some time to recalibrate. It's going to be harder at first, the first week of kind of scaling back from these likely higher doses of added sugars um, and then enjoying the good stuff as your body will begin to crave it. Preach. Well, we wanted to keep this one short and sweet just to kind of kick off 2024 with some common things that you guys come to us with often. So hopefully this was helpful. And as always, we will take your requests for podcast topics or things you would love for us to talk about. Just shoot us a DM on Instagram. Um, Where can they find you? At Josh Skutnik. I'm at Alessandra Skutnik. And everything else that you need is linked in the show notes.